0: Welcome to the Changing Mission podcast brought to you by the Outreach Foundation. My name is Marcus DePaula, and today we once again have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Jeff Ritchie, a mission advocate for the Outreach Foundation. Jeff, thanks again for taking time to speak with us today.
1: You're welcome. It's a pleasure, Marcus.
0: So, Jeff, we spoke to you in a previous episode about China. For those who haven't heard that episode on China, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, but if you want to give just a brief Summary of kind of your background to get people reacquainted with you as we lead this conversation about Egypt today.
1: Be glad to. My wife and I became missionaries to Korea in the 1980s, and we had a marvelous experience there. From there, I went to the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church as the coordinator for international evangelism, which took me all around the world. Mm-hmm. And then in the late 90s, the Outreach Foundation, a mission organization within our Presbyterian family, was needing new staff, and I was invited to join it. So from 1998 until 2016, I was the associate director for mission of the Outreach Foundation. During that time, I spent most of my work in three different countries, being the staff liaison to church partners in China mm-hmm. and Egypt and Brazil. Okay. And so that's where I concentrated most of my efforts.
0: Great. So we spoke about China last time and the amazing growth going on there. Today, we want to talk about your work in Egypt. If you could give us a little bit of a history of how both you and the Outreach Foundation got connected with churches there and then how the church has been growing there.
1: I mentioned the segment about China that missionaries were appointed there from the 1830s and the case of Egypt. The Presbyterian mission went to Egypt in the 1850s. So there's a long, long history of Americans going to Egypt. Wow. Now, what they knew was that there was a church in Egypt from AD 45. Really? The Coptic Orthodox Church had been the almost established church of the country following the Roman Empire until Islam came. Okay. And then over the centuries, then Islam became over uh, 90 percent of the population, but still there were 10 percent of the country that was Christian. Mm -hmm. So the missionaries went with the idea initially to be a renewing force within the Coptic Orthodox Church and then to reach out to the Muslims because that was their goal. Unfortunately, the two cultures, the Western and the Middle Eastern culture, did not jibe very well. And so the, the Orthodox Church, by and large, did not appreciate the american missionaries but mm. some individuals did and the presbyterian church of egypt was formed about that time okay and so the presbyterian church usa that we were a part of had relationships with the presbyterian church in egypt since that time okay and how we outreach foundation got involved was in our history in america we helped to support the training of mission and evangelism at our american presbyterian seminaries okay And one of our trustees went to Egypt on a trip, not with the Outreach Foundation, but with National Presbyterian Men, Mm -hmm. and came back and said, let's do this in Egypt, at the seminary in Cairo, what we did for American seminaries. Let's provide funds to help train people in mission and evangelism. Mm -hmm. That was when I was still in the Presbyterian Church General Assembly, but I heard about that, and when I joined the Outreach Foundation, I said, let's pick up on that idea And so made my first trip to Egypt in 1999, went to the seminary and said, this is a vision that one of our people had. Would you be interested in it? And they said, yes. And so our uh, first project was to find funds to train a leader selected by the Egyptian seminary in a mission and evangelism who would then teach students. Okay. Because it's 90% Muslim and basically forbidden to evangelize. So if you're going to teach evangelism, how are you going to actually go about and practice it? And so what we discovered when we went over there is that the population of Cairo and other cities in Egypt had grown so much that the government was creating new cities in the desert. Wow. They have a a ring of about 40 satellite cities planned, and they were giving in each city space for one Protestant and one Orthodox church. In other words, the church was invited to start new churches. Hmm. Now, mostly they would be for Christians who also were moving out of Cairo to these new cities, but it was going to be an opportunity for growth. So new ideas, new places. We thought the Egyptians were saying, maybe it's time for us to get out of our sense of being uh, confined, uh, persecuted, marginalized people. Mm-hmm. So at the very time when we were working with the seminary, to find the money to train a person that they select, there were the factors going into place for new church development. And so that became our second major project, how we can support the Egyptians reaching out to the new cities for new church development.
0: Okay. So obviously construction of a building is involved with that, but what other kind of program related development was involved there?
1: An excellent question, because at the time, the person who had been selected, whose name is Tharwat Waba, he was studying in London, an old retired Egyptian missionary came back to the seminary and set up a mission department, and he had a vision for how to go about this outreach. He called it Reconciliation Evangelism, Hmm. and I need to insert at this point that his name is Dr. Sulem Hanain and this gentleman, just died at the age of 93. Oh, wow. And we're speaking on April 26th. He died today. So the church in Egypt is mourning his loss, but remembering his legacy. Sure. Because he worked among Muslims. He grew up in a Muslim Christian community, and he had ideas of how the church could reach out and demonstrate the love of Christ through vocational training through medical work, through education, and through constructive dialogue. And so that became part of the curriculum for the mission department of the seminary. And so part of our project support was not just building buildings and training one person, but establishing funds to send out lay leaders and pastoral leaders with this mission, missionary vision to their new churches or to existing churches. Okay. And what has happened is that over time, as Tharwat got his PhD and came back and led the program, and year after year of training people in missiology, there is now a huge number of people coming out of the seminary saying, we want to be this kind of person who is reaching out beyond our churches to touch all kinds of people. Now, that's an internal change has renewed the church, but layered upon that have been two significant events that you can't understand what God is doing in Egypt if you don't understand these. Okay. The first is 9-11. Mm-hmm. When September 11th, 2001 happened and the Muslim extremists knocked down the Twin Towers and ran into the Pentagon, this sent shockwaves into the Muslim world because many Muslims said, this is not what our religion is. Right. Or if this is what it is, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. So Muslims themselves began to rethink what their faith was. Mm -hmm. Fast forward another 10 years to the Arab Spring of 2011. And there was this great desire for democracy and overthrowing dictatorships that Christian and Muslim alike participated in. Mm -hmm. But in Egypt, the Muslim Brotherhood, a very strict extremist organization, took over and caused a lot of violence Mm. and upset. And again, made Muslims rethink My last trip as a staff person to Egypt was in 2013. And we were seeing just right in the middle of the Morsi Muslim Brotherhood regime, we were hearing stories of Muslims coming to church. Hmm. Coming to church right in the middle of a Muslim-dominated government. Wow. The police would come to the pastors of the church saying, what are you doing inviting Muslims?
0: They said, we're not inviting them. They're just showing up. How did they end up there in the churches?
1: They thought, The churches are around, and so they were saying, we need to explore a different alternative to Islam. Mm. Now, that was 2013. We're in 2019, Mm -hmm. and I was just speaking with a person who had just come back from leading a group, uh, a Christian group, to Egypt. And he was saying, the Egyptian Presbyterian Church has now over 100 new church developments. They were like about 26 years ago. Wow! And every one of those has people, and there's churches, People from a Muslim background, hmm. this was unheard of twenty years ago when we first started working in uh, Egypt. Wow, so God has used horrible events and disastrous events on the one hand and also a change of insight, a change of mind and a heart on the part of the church people to see a revolution of love and of outreach to the egyptian people and we 're seeing churches growing
0: That's and incredible. pastors
1: saying, I want to be part of God's mission.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Wow.
1: And so for me, even though I never was a missionary in Egypt, I feel like this is something we can learn from. Yeah. Not to be afraid of those who might have seemed to be our enemies, but to reach out in love to them. Right. Persecution is still never too far from the surface or potential persecution, but these are the brave servants of God, and it's a privilege to support them.
0: mm so, what can the American Church take away from this?
1: A conversation I had with this fellow who'd just come back from Egypt, I just had it two days ago he said, "Jeff, because I went to Egypt, I had a different ministry develop in the United States. In Egypt, I saw the Christians and the Muslims living side by side. They were forced together. right Here in America, we can be ghettoized. We can you know, live our little compartmental lives, but I realized. That we need to get to know our Muslim neighbors. Yes. And so I started going to churches and to mosques and saying, Would you like to get to know each other? Mm-hmm. So over the last number of years, he has developed this kind of a ministry. And you don't have to develop a whole ministry, but if your neighbor's a Muslim, get to know them. Right. We have found where I live in Jacksonville, Florida, that there's a local mosque that invites people from time to time to come and learn about us.
0: That's great. And
1: some of us from the church have done that. There's many ways to build relationships. You don't have to water down what you believe, and they don't do that. But you can share in a spirit of relationship. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what God can do through this.
0: Absolutely. How has your time and the relationships you've established in Egypt impacted your spiritual walk?
1: The answer to this question, which is an incredible question, goes much beyond the particular work that I've done. Okay. Because going to Egypt helped me to get in touch with the deep history of the Christian church. Okay. The legend is that the writer of the Gospel of Mark came to Alexandria and established the first church in A.D. 45. Okay. When the church became official religion of the Roman Empire in the 300s, it got not necessarily corrupt, but it got more nominal. And there was a revolt within the church in Egypt where people said we needed to have a renewal of our faith. And so they went out into the desert and people started coming to them to learn how to live more holy lives, more Christ-centered lives. So the need to renew the church periodically originated in Egypt. Mm. And so I realized that there is a lot to learn from the historical church in Egypt over the last 2,000 years, as well as from the current church that is finding ways to reach out to Muslims. But beyond that, these friends that we've known over 20 years have become like family. Mm. So the impact is very personal. These are my friends. So when this great saint of the Egyptian church died just the other day, I felt like one of my family members had died.
0: Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for spending time and sharing your experience that you've had with our brothers and sisters in Egypt. I understand you're in the process of writing some posts about Egypt. I am. Like you did about China, that'll be posted on our blog on the website at theoutreachfoundation.org. So if you'd like to learn more, please visit our website. And, Jeff, thanks again.
1: You're welcome.